Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again with our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. Um, as always, another great week of uh, speaking with a lot of you guys. And um, if I haven't responded uh, to your texts or emails, um, I think I have. There may be a few people. So definitely reach out to me again this week. At the end of the episode, I'll leave you all the different ways to get in contact with me. Um, as always, this is a very free flowing uh organic process that we've been doing this podcast and for those of you guys who follow the program i on a regular basis um i never really plan on what i'm going to talk about so um in new england over the past few days julie and i just got back to our house today in duxbury because we had a Really bad nor'easter that caused a widespread power outage um, throughout a lot of southern Massachusetts. Uh, left a lot of damage, a lot of power wires down. Thankfully, we we're able to stay with our really good friend, who's a family nurse practitioner um, in a place called Pine Hills, which is um, about fifteen minutes from Plymouth. So uh, it, it's amazing how dependent we are on electricity uh so it's uh it, it was scary i think the winds were up to 88 miles miles an hour um but we're back and we have power so i'm able to do the show uh yesterday i had a very privileged opportunity to be a guest on what i think is an amazing individual's podcast uh that'll be broadcast on multiple social media channels, um, all the different platforms for, for podcasts, um, YouTube, whatnot. It was a video uh, <clears throat> interview, and his name is Michael Anthony. And I would definitely encourage anybody who has any association or relationship with any form of trauma to reach out to him as he is a trauma survivor and he calls himself a trauma warrior. And I think he does some amazing work and it was a great opportunity. We talked about uh, neuropsychological evaluations, cognitive therapy, um, diagnoses, the importance of getting an accurate diagnosis, and uh, really also about a sense of hope. So uh, his, his model is called Think Unbroken. And he, I'm very fortunate that he's going to be a guest on Psychology Unplugged in the upcoming weeks. I think it's going to be a great opportunity. We're also going to have uh, Dr. Rigo on, Rigo, who is a psychiatrist who just came out with a book that I'm finishing called Frontal Fatigue, about the impacts of social media on, on the mind and the brain, as well as a few other guest speakers, so you don't have to just keep listening to me every week. Uh, so... Julie and I went for a walk on Duxbury Beach, and if you ever get to Duxbury, I would definitely encourage you to walk on the beach. And somebody growing up in the Midwest um, from Chicago, you don't really have that. Uh, obviously, you don't have the opportunity to walk on the on, on an ocean beach, but it's it's a very powerful experience. And I think when I first started the podcast, one of the, I alluded to some of the different topics I was going to touch on. And today is, is going to be a very different topic. Um, it's clinical and non-clinical in the sense, um, I guess I'm just going to put it out there. We're going to talk about spirituality and, and God. Um, I was born and raised Catholic. 
that was the foundation of my belief system. Catholic grammar school, all boys Catholic high school, which is the oldest Catholic high school, boy, all boys Catholic high school, uh, St. Pat's in Chicago. Got a great education, although my first day of high school, I was kneeling on a three-sided ruler writing the Our Father uh, on the board because I left, and the brother didn't think that that was appropriate. And then by the end of class, there were about 15 other young gentlemen doing the same thing, and kneeling on a three-sided ruler for about 40 minutes is a very uncomfortable thing. So um, Einstein, one of the most important questions he had was he wanted to know how God thought. I think John Lennon wrote the verse, if you want to, if you want to give God a laugh, tell her your plans. And uh, I think as I've gotten older, not that old, but older, I've, I've become more spiritual and I think that there's a an important distinction between religion and God, a higher power, whether you refer to him as God, Allah, um, any various forms. Um, the relationship with, with, with a higher power can be an incredibly important and relevant connection and looking at the work of John Bowlby, who did a lot of the research on attachment theory and seeing God as an attachment figure, much as like we are attached to our parents, our children, our spouses, that God in and of himself, whether it be a he or she or however you conceptualize them, I think till this day, I still go back to the childhood of God as being this old wise man with the long beard. And this is, I think it's just kind of how I, I, I visualize him. Uh, so this is in no way a, a sermon. This is in no way a lecture. This is in no way an indoctrination. But I go back to, you know, my mother, you know, who had an incredibly strong faith and my father as well. And, uh, but mother also said, you know, question everything. And I, I've mentioned this. I think I did an episode on that. Um, but, you know, see, let's go through the incantation and, and the benedictions. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, just give us this day, our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I've said those prayers, and, and I was really connected when I watched Springsteen on Broadway. Uh, to all of you know, like if Bruce, if you're out there, give me a call. Love to meet you. Have a, have a cocktail. But I, I've realized that I've gotten older, and in my clinical work with patients, especially those who are grieving, those who are depressed, those who are anxious, even those who are psychotic— or, or delusional, many individuals do have a strong connection and affiliation with God, but you, you, you juxtapose that with an Amazon society, it, it, it's, or culture, it can be very confusing. You know, um, you know, there's, there's 
I say my prayers on my way to the office every morning. I kind of have this, you know, method I go through. Um, and I think there's a there's a great power if if that's relevant to the individual and something that they need. I am in no way a biblical scholar, but I think I have a strong acumen in 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 in, in the the scripture and you know for at least from from a Christian perspective. Um, I, I don't think it really matters if you're Christian, you're Greek Orthodox, you're Ukrainian Orthodox, um, you're, you're 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 Buddhist, whatever. A connection to something bigger than ourselves can be very frightening, but it can also be very empowering. And I think frightening is in the sense of, I put it out there, but I don't know where it's going. And I don't know when it's going to happen. And um, God is a great um, displacement vessel, you know, both from a positive standpoint of saying, hey, I'm going to put it on the altar and I'm going to believe that good things or my wishes will be fulfilled at some point. And it could also be a negative displacement in the sense of I blame God for all of my troubles. Um, so, again, not doing much therapy anymore. It's like, OK, why is a neuropsychologist talking about God? And I'm talking about God and spirituality from the sense that uh it it it's much more common it 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 it's 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 part of the ties that bind us it's also part of the ties that divide us where i believe your religion is right my religion is wrong your religion says this my religion says that uh you could even get into like cults you know where where they, they you know look at waco texas or heaven's gate you know, where you know Armageddon is coming, and so I think the fear of God, especially the fire and brimstone version of this 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 authoritarian figure that that meets out pain and punishments or sends locusts and plagues and whatnot, versus a forgiving and an all knowing and understanding God. But I, I think it really comes down to a personal relationship. And I, I was talking with Julie and our and our, our great friend Kathleen, who who we're staying with, that. I, I don't know how people get through the day or or can or can even navigate all the, the the nuances especially the difficult parts of life without having some connections to something bigger than themselves and I remember uh this quote it was it was anonymous and it it's something that I always stuck in my mind said I I'd rather spend my life believing in God and die and find out that he doesn't exist than to spend my life not believing and find out that he does. So I think we all have this heuristic, which or this schema, this mental template, this thumbnail template of who we think God is. But if you look at God as an attachment figure and in an attachment theory, this is this is where psychology and spirituality can kind of connect and and coincide because attachment is the, again a secure attachment is um, this even goes back it relates a lot to borderline personality. A secure attachment is if mom leaves the room, I'm not going to freak out because I know she's coming back versus an insecure attachment out of sight, out of mind. I'm going to freak out. And and this has been heavily researched, extensively researched. And I would encourage you, if you want to learn more about attachment theory, look at the work of John Bowlby. So uh, Julie is a very spiritual person. And it, it, it gives a lot of, uh, comfort, a lot of, a lot of peace to not be passive recipients 
on on this on this train of life that that things are just bestowed upon us. I, I again is a huge fan and admirer of Bruce Springsteen as an artist and as an individual. One of the best songs I think he he wrote and he, and he wove thematic imagery of of Christianity throughout a lot of his music uh, on the Devils and Dust album. The song Jesus Was an Only Son is an incredibly beautiful and articulate song, and he approached it from the secular side. He approaches as Jesus as just somebody's boy, and as Mary as a mom who's just losing her boy. So I would definitely encourage you to listen to the lyrics of those of, of that song because it's incredibly powerful. But you know, we 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 are a I think a very polarized society. And I don't think it matters where in the world anybody lives. Uh, what do they always say? Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about politics because those are the things that, that I don't know why that, that define our, our belief system. Those are the things that I think if, if there's discord, you know, it's like, if what if what I've been told to believe is wrong? And I said, I've said this ad nauseum, blind faith is any, in anything is, is dangerous. But, you know, if you get into the world like psychotherapy, and you know, you guys who follow the program, I'm, I'm, I'm a staunch advocate and, and proponent of cognitive therapy. But I think sometimes patients need to incorporate spirituality into their journey and treatment. I think they need to realize there's somewhere else I can put it. That doesn't exempt people from saying, okay, well, I prayed, so now I don't have to worry about going to therapy. I don't take my meds. I don't have to do that. But, you know, looking at God is not, not, not something to be feared, but is something to be associated and connected with and attached to. Because once you, once you decrease that attachment, you move, you move further away from the source. You move further away from what you are trying to manifest. Uh, Wayne Dyer has done a great job. Uh, I think I've mentioned him or started to mention him a lot more frequently because Julie and I, I every time I take her car, we take her car. She's got the, the CDs on. Uh, and, you know, he, he refers to God more as, as, as the source. And again, I, I said this is not a sermon. It's just something that I think is, is, is relevant. To not just say, okay, I'm gonna, you know, and I'm gonna be honest. When when my when my, you know, my dad was alive, you know, um, anytime he would come to Massachusetts, I would get up. We'd go to seven thirty or nine o'clock mass. Um, he and I would go out to breakfast, and I would hold his hand during the, you know, saying of the peace, uh, give, give him a kiss, say I love you, pop. Uh, because I knew that was important to him or, or, or I would go back home to Chicago. I, I would do the same thing because I knew that was important to him. And my father really was more like following like the, the doctrine. And as I've grown, I realized I can have a relationship with God by pulling my car up to a place in, in close to Duxbury called Brant Rock and looking at the ocean and just talking. And I think formal prayer and, and the way that we're indoctrinated into a faith can sometimes um make us feel uh less than uh that you know I've talked to several patients you know uh, we have a church in town 
And sometimes I, I drive past that church and I feel like, oh boy, why have I not been going? Because I, again, I, I, I'm not knocking religion in any sense. I think at the end of the day, my foundation is Catholicism, but I think as, as I've grown, my relationship is is at a much deeper and a spiritual level and it's it, it it's something i think people have moved away from but i also think it can be something very automatic it can be very automatic and just saying like i said, like I said the incant incantations the benedictions and it's not about any one religion in and above itself it's simply about having a relationship and an attachment to something higher and bigger than what we are because i think if you look you know if you look i think i think people who are atheists you know that's a that's still a belief in something even if you're agnostic that's still a belief in something whether you shun religion or dismiss it, I think if you, from my perspective, you know, even if you're talking about like, you know, someone says like, why are you depressed? Or I say, why are you depressed? Or why are you anxious? Oh, I don't know. That's not an answer. Same thing like, you know, not, I'm not going to push you on this, but why are you, why do you have no spirituality? I don't know. That That's not an answer. I think that, 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 that that's an ignorant response of not exploring something deeper than among, among ourselves. So when you think about like the universe – that has no beginning and no end and that there's multiple universes it almost blows the mind of like how does this you know but then i think of think to myself like okay we can date the world back the the earth to a certain period of time you know x number of billions of years i'm and i think to myself like what did god just wake up one day and decide i'm going to create something you know, so I, I have my own questions that if I could have a sit down with God, I'd love to be able to ask him those questions. But, um, you know, I've said this before, like what I do through the podcast and I, and I do through my work every day as a neuropsychologist and, uh, a, an educator, an advocate, uh, uh, somebody who's outspoken is, is try to create a, a sense of awareness. But I, I, I was again walking on the beach with Julie and just seeing like the ocean and, you know, we're talking like about the tide. And just looking at these rocks, so many rocks just like flew like onto the beach, you know, but during the last nor'easter, I'm like, how long have these been here? And Wayne Dyer, we were listening, you know, talked about like recorded time goes back like 13, 15,000 years or, or even, even longer. But the earth has been here so much longer before. And I think we have a, a very uh, myopic view of what life is. And and I'm not trying to rock the boat. And, and again, no one's belief system or ideologies are are inappropriate or incorrect. I think they're inappropriate and and problematic if they're used for self-serving purposes and they're used for the purpose of self or other destruction. Yeah, I think that's where you there. There's that misinterpretation of of um, what spirituality isn't of itself. So. Uh, you know why I chose this topic? I I, I really don't know. I, I I chose it because I know I mentioned that that spirituality was going to be something I was going to broach, and I'm trying to broach it on on the most uh, broad level. This is not a this is not conversion radio. This is simply you know an exploration into our belief systems. And, and also viewing spirituality as a positive coping mechanism and another resource, even though you may not get a response, another resource into 
dealing with whatever psychological or mental health issues that you or a family member or loved one are struggling with? What is the harm in it? If it can help you. And, you know, from a therapy perspective, I found, you know, again, not, again, not, not doing much, as I said, sometimes you can connect with people and that's what they need. That it's okay to cry. It's okay to go put it on the altar. It's okay, but it's not okay to just simply do that because part of therapy and part of treatment is you have to do the work not just say the prayers not just say the benedictions not just say you know i put it in your hands god although i think that is very relevant but there's also the expectation that we do the work on that we have to do to the best of our ability and pray that god gives us the strength for today because god only gives us the strength for today he doesn't give it he doesn't he doesn't give it to us for tomorrow. We only have the strength for today. And I use the analogy sometimes when people are are feeling so beleaguered by what they're dealing with. I said Jesus, you know, the 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 epitome of 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 peace. In the garden of Gethsemane, he he got down on his knees and he said, "God, if you can take this cup, uh, yeah, I'm good with that. Let that pass." Even he showed humility and and fear. And I've, I, I've, I, knowing, you know, knowing people's backgrounds and, the, and their religious affiliation, and whatnot, they've been like, oh yeah, I, I, I yeah, you know, I, 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 I get that. I'm not, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not comparing myself to some ideal that is so outside of my realm. I said, yeah, he, he asked for the cup to pass. You, you know, so if, if you feel that you can't do that or you need extra help, you know, and you're a spiritual person, look at that as an example. So, um, again, this is not a con- this is not about conversion. This is just about opening and broadening the field of psychology. Not uh, maybe neuropsychology. I don't know, but maybe more about psychology. You may have read things like about the God particle and stuff like that. I think you know we we, we try. You know, my training is a is as as a scientist but i i can't always disconnect the humanity that is connected to what i do in profession julie you want to say anything all right julie's too busy making steak for dinner but i know julie's a very spiritual person and you know spirituality and and you know my father being my my best friend my mother as well i mean get being able to get through those losses without having a sense of connectedness I don't know how I could have done it. I really don't. And I'm being as raw and honest as possible. I think the one thing that I've learned that I'd love to share with everyone, and it's something that I've wrestled with myself as a human on this planet, um, the ruminations that we think. Ruminations are like intrusive thoughts. Ruminations are the, the old recordings that we play over and over again when we're thinking about our past, when we're thinking about maybe something that didn't go our way, something went wrong, we made choices that, you know, weren't the ideal um, result and, you know, regret or whatever. What I really learned about God is that God is good and God is love. And I'm not trying to be preachy either. I'm just sharing what has helped me. I don't belong to any spiritual commune or anything like that. I'm just very individual in my relationship with spirituality. Um, but the the one thing that I really learned that really hit home for me is that we beat ourselves up so much. All you need to do is say, forgive me once. You never have to say it again. 
It's 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 done. God forgives you right away. Of course, you could argue that. What do I know about God? I haven't been to heaven. I haven't met him um, or her. I'm just saying that it made me feel so much better to say, okay, I'm acknowledging this. You know, I am sorry. And we live in a world where apologies aren't always accepted. And we live in a world where a lot of people hold a lot of resentment and hang on to old wounds. So I think as you, you as individuals, if you can kind of latch on to that, be like, you know what, I'm sorry. You don't even have to say you're sorry exactly to a human being. But as long as you're saying sorry or like sending love to a situation, that's a very challenging thing, but it also can be a very rewarding thing. Um, oh, the, the most important, uh, Einstein, Albert, I think I said this already. Albert Einstein, um, said one of the most, Im- I'm a huge fan. Um, one of the most important questions we can ask ourselves as human beings is whether or not we live in a friendly or hostile universe. If we go through life thinking people are out to get us, that's the kind of life we're going to have. And we're going to attract more of that. If we go through life and try to transition into, you know, is this person really against me or is this, am I just looking at this from a, like a different, maybe not the best way to look at something. Um, basically that's really all I wanted to say. I just was kind of listening as I was cooking, but I think that's it. Oh, well, thank you for your popping. And just want to be clear because somebody left a comment. I appreciate all the amazing comments. Uh, I refer to Julie as, as sweetheart in one of the episodes. Uh, if you haven't, those of you who haven't been following the program uh, and re- recently started, Julie is my wife. So um, if I refer to her as my sweetheart, that's because she's my wife. Um, so a little different uh, twist and variation from the topics we've been talking about. Um, other suggestions that, and from several people about, um, can I talk about, uh, neurofeedback? Sure. Uh, can I talk about autism? Yes. Can we talk about, um, this is a common one, growing up with a borderline parent? Uh, all great topics. And those are the things that I really appreciate because I want to do this program about what people want to know about. And I do this very extemporaneously. It was just, you know, walking on the beach, uh, through the rocks. Uh, as I said, I don't plan these programs. I know I do them on Sundays, but I don't plan them, but I just wanted to, I guess, I guess the whole point of this, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to either connect, reconnect, or explore a relationship with something bigger than ourselves, independent of what you call that something bigger. Um, you know, one of the, uh, you know, one of the most complicated books I ever read. It's a big book. It was written by an ex Catholic nun. Now, Anatomy and physiology, that's hard. Organic chemistry, not pretty easy. Physics, easy. Uh, molecular biology, easy. Neuroanatomy, neurophysiology. This was the origins of God. And I can still picture, I still have the book in my office. It's, it's, it's a white book. And it was a fascinating book. Fascinating about the origins of God as you're looking back at, at hieroglyphics. Of people, this this was pre-verbal Neanderthals that that there was drawings acknowledging something up above, 
and you know it was it again one of the most complicated books I have ever read. And I'm not sure I fully got all of it, but I think I got the the, the gist of it. Uh, I wish there was a Cliff Notes version, but uh, the woman who wrote it, I don't remember her name, did an amazing job at, at really tracing the origins, not necessarily of religion. As I said, people confuse religion with God or any kind of higher power. Uh, religion can be used to unite, and religion can be used to divide. God can be used to connect, and God can be used to blame. So, again, um, it came to me walking on the beach as you're looking at this, this, this vast ocean that leads to somewhere you don't know necessarily where you know you know topographically you know obviously Europe's on the other side, but still just looking at this 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 amazing body of water and realizing something bigger than ourselves has to be out there that we are not alone in the universe we are not individual souls. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was John Steinbeck, uh, Woody Guthrie who who said this. Um, it was one of the, one of the two of them who. Basically asked the question, or I think it was Carl Jung. Yeah, I think it was it was Jung who said, "Are we? Maybe we're not individual souls. Maybe we are just part of one larger soul." So, again, this episode was just to talk about attachment theory and an invitation, a revisitation. Um, if you're a practicing clinician in the field to realize that sometimes patients who have a spiritual connection really can benefit from it as an ancillary and sometimes really important part of their therapeutic and treatment process and journey. So until next time, uh, feel free to contact me through psychology today. Uh, email me at psychologyunplugged at outlook.com. Call me, text me. Uh, my cell phone number is 617-750-9411, Eastern Standard Time. That's a, this is a privileged opportunity every Sunday to do this. Again, a lot of you have asked, can you do more? Can you do more? I will do my best. Uh, for the grace of God, I am inundated with neuropsychivals, not only just from work, but from, from doing the podcast and a lot of you guys flying in. So I truly appreciate it. Uh, I hope Julie and I are doing the best we can to create awareness, uh, sensitivity, knowledge, uh, inspiration, and most importantly, hope. Uh, but again, I would encourage you to definitely check out Michael Anthony. Uh, he'll be on the show soon. Um, I guess that's it. Until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, question everything, and again, become independent of the good opinions of other people. Take care, guys. Talk to you next week.